seen a lot of uh, Scottish football on television uh, back in Holland. And uh, of course, uh, you see a fantastic uh, arena here. So, I mean, it was, it was uh, interesting to come to uh, Scotland and uh, play for Celtic. Hello and welcome to the Bandman Celtic podcast. My name is Lon Stonigan. And I'm joined this week, as I'm joined every week, by my good pal and co-host, Mr. Remy McSwain. How are you doing, Remy? Oh, my days. Oh, my uh, days. I am uh, I'm in uh, fine fettle. 10 out of 10, I think. Uh, Paul Thompson, how are you doing, Paul? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very good. I'm still recovering from managing the Twitter account after Harry's appearance last week, but apart from that, I'm fine. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor the Harry. Lackey. The boardroom lackey. That's what he is. Well, that's a bit rich coming from from you. And and I should I should clarify that I wasn't slagging lackey for the Celtic underground. I mean he is a the different spelling. <laughs> anyway, very good. Uh, so we'll just well actually we'll catch up uh, with uh we're just before we come on here, we're just chatting about the Europa League and the teams that are dropping out uh, in the Europa League. Uh, Remy, uh, tonight it looks like uh, Red Bull, Inter Milan, Benfica, and Ajax are all dropping out. Uh, no mugs. Well, Benfica, you might think you might you might have a slight chance, but the other three are phew, scary, really. Well, we might not win it now, but we, sh- we, we should still get to the semi final. Uh, Paul, did you have hopes? Of what? You don't. It doesn't really matter to you if we win the Europa League, does it? <laughs> Not particularly. I mean, the, the the League Cup was always my priority. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm trying to think what we we well. Harry came on and just tore the place apart last week with his nonsense about the Green Brigade. Uh, and re- did you hear it, Paul? Remy went. Remy put on his uh, he put on his face mask, got a, a pyro, and started slaughtering Harry. It was brutal. Uh, was, uh, I mean, he was one of the people last week. Was was Remy? That was uh, it was inspiring to hear. I had my clenched fist in the air as I was sitting on the flight to Gatwick. The yeah. uh, the Wolfie old, Smith. Uh, the only thing is, Paul. Do you think he'd do it while he's sitting in the boardroom? Get the old pyro out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true test. <laughs> he, might, he might have to pass his pipe round. <laughs> Very good. The uh, I'm more likely. To, I'm more likely to get the pyrex out in the boardroom. I think. Um. Anyway, I, I think since that podcast we beat uh, beat Hamilton two uh, one. Not, I mean, how many chances did we miss? Right? I mean, that was just, I mean, hit the post, hit, I mean, hit everything. I didn't think it was a particularly bad performance, except in that we missed a lot of chances. Yeah, I thought it was terrible. Uh, we we didn't play, we didn't get out of second gear. Um, and to be fair to Hamilton, they deserved their equaliser. Foster pulled off an absolute world of a save at one 0 and when they went to one each, all right, it was a scabby goal, but they, it had been coming. And uh, oh, just like that, a flick of the switch, bang, up four gears and absolute mayhem, which you never thought you'd say you, when uh, you saw a winner against Hamilton Ackies. It was brilliant. The um, uh, It was only in the aftermath of Sunday's game that I, that I, I came to understand that there were uh, three fouls. Uh, Celtic committed three fouls in the build-up to the goal. I, I missed those, Paul. I mean, was I watching a different game? or 
I, I think you were probably watching Rangers TV in that one. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly didn't look like films to me at the time. But as I say, I was I was running halfway down the passage with kind of with my shirt above my head when the goal and so I they realised it. Well, the oh. gentleman in seventeen C, please get back into his seat. Um, yeah. Was it was it a Neil McCann uh, commentary? You heard those uh, oh. three fouls. Well, anyway, uh, there were no fouls. I mean, it, it, it was a brilliant goal as well. And honestly, the place went well. Those who had stayed to the end went absolutely bonkers. It was it was mental. It was great fun, and that's one of the benefits sometimes when the team who's near the top with you are playing at the same time and drop points, and they and they didn't get away with it. The um, uh, what was I going to say? I, actually, just a quick word on Hamilton, then we'll move on. The uh, I, I, th- I, there's no way they're getting relegated, uh, Ren. I mean, they not in that performance oh, or not. I thought they were excellent. In fact, I, I thought there was elements of that uh, the way that they set up uh, reappeared on Sunday. Anyway, we'll go into the game. Uh, Betfred League Cup final to give it. Why are we giving Betfred any mention? Get the League Cup final uh, on Sunday. Uh, in case you haven't heard, uh, Barcelona 2009 slash Brazil 1970 nil, Celtic 1. scorer Christopher Julian. Uh, that's our 10th trophy win in a row. I think, I think it's 31 cup games without defeat. Uh, we were lucky bastards, Remy, weren't we? I know, and it was brilliant. Isn't it fantastic? I, I, I just... it was... Absolutely brilliant. I mean, uh, uh, I know we're going to. Talk, it was just we were muck, but uh, the last twenty-five minutes were just fantastic. We we played better with ten than we did with eleven. Actually, I rewatched the game this morning in preparation for this podcast. I I thought the fuck. Well, anyway, we'll come on in more detail. But I thought the first fifteen minutes was. Well, I mean, they had to slight better of it, but I didn't, there was nothing in it really. And then the last, uh, I watched the last thirty minutes live in a cafe in a place called Hercules, California, and um, and I thought we were the best. We certainly had the best chance of the game. Uh, I would say that with Mikey Johnson, um, Paul, lucky we were. Lucky. I mean, come on, we were lucky, were we? Well, you make your own luck, don't you? And and I think what what we've got is a resilience in that type of situation that we maybe lacked two, three, well, maybe three, four, five years ago. Uh, yeah, but you could argue we're lucky, but you know, Forster had you know a brilliant game, but that's what he's there for. We signed them because know. you know, Remy and I have been you know probably amongst the more vocal about our previous goalkeeper, maybe unfairly at times, but that's the difference. When you've got a world-class keeper, that's the, you can afford to have a day like that when you've got a keeper that, that can keep you in the game. Uh, and that that's really what we did. We we were on the ropes for a large chunk of the game, but I would agree, I thought for the last half hour, Celtic were excellent. I thought yeah. they defended well. For, you know, for having 10 men, uh, we managed to get a hold in midfield that had been lacking in the first half. So, I really thought Celtic in the second half have, have, have had very little credit for the performance that they put in. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that's really funny, I, I have been, I have to admit, I have been indulging in a few Rangers podcasts and it's been, they've been very funny. You know, the idea, you know, can't believe it, you know, Fraser Foster had the game where he's like, well, hang on a minute, we're not allowed to play with a goalkeeper. And by the way, I, going through all the saves, 
the one off the the one off Jack. I mean, he got a great hand on it, very strong hand on it. But you would think he would make it. A good goalkeeper, you know, SPFL goalkeeper would bet himself to make that save. Maybe not the clearance from the save, but to certainly stop it. Uh, but other than that, I, you know, pff, were there any other worldies, Ren? Am I missing anything? He, he pulled off a, a lot of good saves. Uh, and I think the, well, a penalty save in a cup final is always a brilliant save. Shocking, shocking penalty, though. It doesn't matter if the penalty's shit um, or, uh, you know, the, the 50 million superstar can't. A man that blasts everything tries to side foot a penalty because um, he's. I think uh, I think Foster broke him um, because it, even I think it was Liam McLeod in Radio Scotland when he missed the penalty he said something like this man is just fated not to score against Celtic and and you can see it in him he's just you know all the the media build up that his temperament's under control nonsense he's still a little thug and he loses it when it all goes against him and uh Big Foster just saved everything he he hit, and then he started snatching at chances, and his discipline went, and he you know he, he just wasn't going to score. I I think he saved from Jack was by far the pick of the bunch, but he, he was he saved everything that was hit at him, and he didn't look like getting he didn't look like conceding, which I think makes a massive difference when you're playing with ten men. The um Paul the one that uh, he almost like he almost had a rickets. You know, the one went through, I think it was Kent, I think it went through somebody's legs and it went straight into Forster's body and it went through him. And then it was kind of running to, along the line or not quite along the line across the front of the box. I mean, but did you think there was any any particular save that you thought, my goodness, that is an absolute worldie? I, th- I think the, you mentioned the Jack one. The Jack one was a, was a, was a great save, uh, but... I mean, you'd argue his his saves in Europe this year have, have probably you know exceeded that in terms of quality. Oh, totally. I think, the one against uh, the one against Lazio at Celtic Park was a better save. I think I think it comes back to what we're talking about. I think you, you've got if you look. Um, I'm not trying to be statistical about this, but if you look proportionally the number of chances Rangers had in the game v the number of goals they scored, then you look at the number of chances we've had against them pretty much in every game in the last three years against the number of chances we've taken. You know, our, our strike rate is phenomenal. I mean, we're probably the difference between the two teams is if we'd had that many chances, we would have beat them by five or six, like we have repeatedly what, three or four times we've, we've beat them by four goal or five goal margins. Uh, that's the difference. And the two things that come into that is the quality of your goalkeeper and the quality of your strikers. And we've we've got that quality and we've had that quality consistently for the last few years. They've got a, a good player, but as I keep saying, if they want to compare him to a Celtic striker as they continually compare him to Edward, don't compare him to Edward, compare him to Griffiths. He's closer in quality to Griffiths than he is to Edward. And that's no slight meant on Griffiths because Griffiths is a good player. Morelos is a good player as well, but he's, he's in, you saw what happened when Edward came on. We had a goal within three minutes of Edward coming on. That's the difference in quality. Um... Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. Um, anyway, uh, we should maybe go back to the start of the uh, b- before um, you weren't there, Paul. Um, actually, before I mentioned that, it was interesting. You make that. I-, I guess this would be covered by expected goals. I haven't seen the expected goal stats for the game, but certainly in the first 
10 minutes, I, I actually, I, I didn't see the first 10 minutes live, but I, I followed it, I was on, in the car, I, 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 was, I was following on, you know, the kind of stats thing or whatever it was, and, you know, it came up, I'm thinking, I'm watching this, and it's like, first 10 minutes, Rangers have four shots, you know, and I'm like, what, and then I, I see the game, and it's like four sclaff headers, you maybe Golson could have had, a, you know, had one kind of clear-cut-ish header, which he obviously missed, because he's got a biscuit tin for a head, but the other ones were just off the top of somebody's head, you know, quite, you know, heavily under a under a heavy challenge to get a head on it, you know, and it goes down. So the stats look, this, you know, you're looking at this, you're going, God, these stats are bad. You know, this is this is not looking good. But when you actually see the game itself, it's like, well, you know what? Mm. Um. Anyway, uh, you were there, Paul Ren. You were there. Give us a quick, uh, quick atmospheric take as they say on uh, on getting there the, when you got there what was the weather like uh, what was the atmosphere like the weather was appalling um it was uh, absolutely pouring down and blowing a gale pitch dark um i managed to uh, get a get into the qpc at uh, half 11 um a wee drink to absent friends her length fall um <laughs> and it was uh, it was pretty empty at that time, and then it got really, really busy. And then about quarter past two, we just decided to head up the ground because we were in the south stand, had to walk right around the stadium. And obviously, you've got to avoid Mount Florida when you're walking up to Hamden. So, um, in my seat uh, for about quarter to th- three, just perfect timing. And uh, for Hamden, I had no bad view. I was kind of just inside the... The corner flag uh, at the Celtic end, looking straight up the park. So quite happy. Uh, they were in uh, full cry as the you know, the wee teams usually are before a game. <laughs> and um, and um, it was um, it was all right, you know. And then the usual, you no know, Harry Brady burst into tears when the team came out with all the fireworks and players. So um, <laughs> didn't see the first couple of minutes for the smoke. The uh, the team sheet itself. Um... Well, Remy, you want to? You might as well you might hold your hand well, up here, mate. Okay. How many? How many elite teams came out between the Saturday and the Sunday? It was unbelievable. Well, um, well, that told me one I, thing. I, I mean, I, that has completely stopped. Remember the days, Paul, when Remy would send us a team, you know, and it was bang on, and you know, arriving your inbox at you know five hours before the kickoff, or even a day before the kickoff, or even two days. That's all changed. Yeah, I mean, I think Len has clamped down on that. Well. I, I think I have to point out that the team against Wren was leaked, um, which had Lewis Morgan in it at centre forward and no Edward. And uh, it, it was a strange, on the face of it, it was a strange looking team. And a lot of people were a bit sceptical, but the guy was bang on. Um, so, so, so I was, don't know. Hang on, was he the same guy that told you Morris Bauer was playing left back? Uh, no, he wasn't. Uh, and I, and I can't I can't disclose my source on that um, because <laughs> he'll never tell me anything again. Obviously, well, but, uh, I, I wouldn't listen if he ever told you anything duff, again. I think there was a lot of duff information put about so that nobody knew what the team was uh, because I mean, I mean a lot of there's loads of different teams. Edward wasn't in it, and there was loads of teams had Edward in it, and then loads of teams had no Frimpong and. Uh, and some a couple of teams had Roger in it, so there was about seemed about five or six different variations of the teams that were uh, appearing in the various WhatsApp and Twitter DM groups. I mean, 
but the one I got on Sunday was from a pretty reliable source, and I believed him, <laughs> but he was wrong because uh, I, I didn't think Edward was going to play up until about Friday, and then I, for some reason I just changed my mind and felt he would. But, I mean, when you saw him at the game, it was obvious he wasn't fully fit. Um, but I thought if Edward didn't play, I thought Griffiths would start. Uh, and I thought that was pretty damning for him on Sunday. Uh, well, Lennon explained why he didn't even get on the subs bench. Paul, how many teams did you get? Hold what? on, hold on. Oh. Did you believe that? Did I believe that? Uh, yeah. I haven't seen so fair, fair, Edward I haven't... Was, Hold on. If Edward was starting, this is Lennon's theory. Yeah. If Edward was starting, Griffiths was on the bench. Yeah, well, that would that would be logical to me. Right. So Edward's not starting. Mm-hmm. So Morgan starts and Griffiths isn't in the bench. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Doesn't make any sense to me. Well, well, it but it does because the the whole point would be that you know Griffiths can't can't play ninety minutes, can't maybe even play twenty five minutes, can't play thirty five minutes. Maybe he can play fifteen minutes. When that's it. Yeah. And the other thing is, uh, well, we can come on the, ta- the tactical side of it in a minute. But anyway, Paul, how many teams did you get, and what did you think when you saw the team? Oh. Well, I, I think it, the, the one that, that we were talking about there a minute ago that Remy kindly shared with us was, was the one that almost had me convinced. And I'd, There was a couple kind of about on Saturday as well, but the one with Bauer, that, that actually had me stand. I was I was sitting in a public King Cross station Googling how many games Bauer's played, uh, Bauer's played at left back. So uh, that, that had me pretty convinced, that one, to be honest, because I could see the plausibility of it because at that point I didn't realise that ball and goalie was was likely to be in the 89 or so. Uh, it just seemed like Johnny Hayes hadn't made it. But, you know, team was what it was. I mean, probably the, the surprise for us all, I guess, was uh, and it's a surprise it was hiding in plain sight, wasn't it? Because he's played there the last three games before that. So we probably should have been a wee bit more, uh, you know, taking that a bit more seriously. The um, the uh, See the conditions, Remy. Do you think uh, they had an impact on the game? Absolutely. Uh, well, I, the weather was shocking, but the, the pitch, the grass on the pitch was really long again. Was it? Uh, I, I don't know why. It's like, you know, why, why is the grass not. It, was, it looks as if uh, Craig Levine's got a new job as a groundsman. The, the pitch was terrible, uh, considering it's a showpiece game. They, they, I don't know whether they couldn't cut the grass because it was so wet. That would be it. But. It, it just the pitch was bumpy, bobbly, and the grass was too long, and I think that only favours one. Um, see, in the first half again, it was hard to to say from the TV cameras, but uh, what way was the wind blowing in the first half? Just swirling all over the place. Oh, so there, it wasn't sort of blowing no, in one particular direction. It was just one of those winds that was blowing out. The rain was blowing in about ten different directions at one time. It was, I mean. The only time it got wetter than that was after full time when Ryan Jack came on. <laughs> the uh, oh, by the way, uh, Tom English had got himself into a bit of bother there. You'd have to say there's all. I mean, what was uh, he said? Well, he was he went on the radio and, and you know why is Ryan Jack greeting? You know, you know there's this and that's a fair point. People will say, well, hang on a minute, are men not allowed to show emotions? I mean, Neil Lennon said oh, after, but uh, hang on, Ryan. Neil Lennon said that a couple of Celtic players were, were crying as well. It's pretty emotionally charged. Yeah, it's true, but as again, it goes back to the point, we teams, you know, it's their big day out. They might never be there again. It's hard for them to take. 
Here, Paul, uh, at what stage did you start to get worried? Uh, honestly? Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I didn't worry. Even even at 0-0, uh, it's Rangers. You know, we were playing them, you know, with guys missing that you would normally expect to be playing in our team. They're playing flat out. Absolutely is probably, you know, I don't see a lot of them, but I'm assuming from what I've heard about, you know, as you say, the the Barcelona and Ajax and, and Brazil comparisons that we've had in the press over the last couple of days, that's probably as well as they've played this season. And I don't really agree that they laid a glove on us. Uh, they certainly laid a few boots on us and a few studs on us, but, uh, you know, you can have as many shots at goal as you like, but you've got to score. So I think if they'd scored, I might have started to, to waver a little bit, but, you know, I don't think I've ever been as confident at nil-nil <laughs> Uh, that they were going to play all day and no score. You know, it just had that feel about it that they were. It, it's the old comparison. Everybody's used it over the last forty-eight hours, but it was like watching Tommy Burns' teams playing against him because that's exactly how it felt in reverse. Pummel, pummel, pummel. But you kind of knew deep down you were never going to win the game, and that's kind of what it felt like in reverse for me on Sunday. I was, yeah, I was nervous, but. Nervous in as much as it's a cup final. No nervous because it's Rangers or because we're under any pressure. Anything can happen when you've got column refereeing, as was proven as well. But you know we did it. The um, I kind of slightly resent the Tommy Burns team comparison because that Tommy Burns team was fantastic. Yeah, it was brilliant to watch. Swashbuckling, stylish, a really a great team. Um, so serial losers though. Unfortunately, right, couldn't well, do it. In big uh, well, was that was that the one with John White and uh, John Hughes and Malky McKenna? Oh well, yeah. They they lost us. They lost us a final to Wraith Rovers. They lost a semi final to Falkirk. Scraped by Airdrie. There's a lot of. They had one good season, but they drew about twenty games. They just they couldn't do it when it mattered. With some great players, but they weren't a great team. The um the. Ryan, what did you think? The team, the way we set up? Uh, I was kind of... Uh, like, well, 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 hang on, let me just... Uh, the um, I was fine for the first 50, but they got, they got a hold of it after after about tw- 15, 20 minutes, and they d- dominated. They, you know, total territorial superiority. They seemed to be right on top of it. I, I mean, I, I got worried then. I, I don't know. What were you thinking? Well, I, I thought I was a bit I was a bit worried in the fact that they were dominating the midfield um, and Brown and McGregor were getting overrun uh, because you know they were they were pulling their white men inside so they were they were overloading their their white men I think were was it Arfield was on one side in the uh, Kent of uh, you know the Real Madrid loanee oh. he was playing in, and but then they pushed their fullbacks up which effectively meant they had like because we didn't have an out part of the problem was we didn't have an out ball. Exactly. You know, no Harvey Lewis Morgan, he's weak, right? He's not he's not he's not physically imposing and he can't hold the ball up. So we had no out ball, he can't make the runs and he doesn't have the positional sense that Edward has, so the ball was coming straight back. And Forrest and Christie and uh El Yanusi, El Yanusi was plainly unfit. You could see that the way he was moving. Um, we just get swamped in the midfield. They had total midfield domination, but fortunately, with all their midfield domination, most of them are diddies. So Barisic and Tavernier 
hit a succession of crosses straight out the park. Frimpong, I thought, had Kent no bother. I, I don't think he was struggling against Kent at all. Agreed. And Julian and Ayer had a couple of shaky moments. Right at the start, you were talking about the sclaffed headers at the corners. But we're settling down to a, to a game. So, defensively, yeah, Morelos had a few half chances. But, no, the, the great save was the jack shot, as we talked about. But I thought if we get to half time at 0 0, Lennon will do something about it uh, because he has to change it. And I think, well, at half time, he did. The, um, I, I think that's a pretty fair analysis all round, Rem. They, they did. They, they, like I say, they overloaded the, the, the midfield uh, simply because we allowed them. We, we, it was like we played with nine men. Forrest and Elianusi were not at the races. Uh, Morgan was a. I understand why Ryan Christie was slightly out of the game, but he. I mean, he had to. There was so much space between McGregor and Brown and Morgan. There was a million yeah. miles. So you know, yeah. somebody somebody had to bridge that gap. But Elianusi and Forrest, I, I don't know what they were doing, but they were. They just didn't. They weren't involved in the game. There was no. They didn't fill in that space. I mean, okay, you might not yeah. be able, you know, you're getting overrun, so you might not be able to do much in an attacking sense, but you have to put in a defensive shift. I mean, Elianusi, I think he, I was watching there, and I, I think he kicked the ball. He was mentioned once. Once. I think I think all the, you know, between us and all our pals and guys on Twitter, everybody said before the game, if we turn up, we win. In the first half, we didn't turn up. Um, and some of, them, some of them didn't turn up in the second half either. Offensively, but they put in a massive defensive shift. Oh, I, I thought Brown. I thought Brown shift was. Brown, see, when we went to, when it went to ten men, Brown and McGregor really got into the game. But I think that was down partly to a tactical masterclass by the dump one in the dugout on the other side. Oh, he's yeah. Again, I, I've listened to all sorts of. He he, he got it wrong in a, in a in a multitude of ways. Here, uh, Paul. Well, if you're if you're playing against ten men, you take off one of your defenders. He, he had the midfield sewn up. You t- if you want to put in a tire and take off one of the defenders, they didn't need them all. Um, well, I get you say that. Um, you put, I mean, the Mikey Johnson chance. I mean, that was a classic example of what of why we had an issue in the first half. You know, yeah. essentially, Edward got got to the ball under severe pressure from two of them, shoot them off, turned and and got away, and was able to slip the ball to Johnson. So, you know, we had, you know, we couldn't do that in the, in in the first half. We, we 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 couldn't. We had we had nobody to play the ball to. Um, Correct, and that's why he, he did change the game. But but Gerard got his subs wrong. I, I after, mean, after the I, I know. After well, the well, come on, I mean, Brandon Barker. Jesus. Well, yeah, I know. Uh, here, uh, Paul, uh, we got to half time. What, what was the thinking? Well, I, like Remy, I was thinking, well, thank God we get to half time. Lennon will change this because Lennon, tactically, he's shown multiple times uh, this season he's able to change games at half time. He's able to think on his feet, uh, and shaping, and, and, a, and in a tactical sense. Uh, I presume you were, you were you in the same boat? Yeah, I mean, there was probably tactical and I think there was the fitness issues. I think, as Remy uh, and yourself both said, Elianusi was clearly, that was a gamble that hadn't paid off and that was quite clear, you know, five, ten minutes into the game, it was it was clear Elianusi was off it. 
So it was it was probably a case of when rather than if he was going to go off. I think the one thing that went through my head that might have been an option that that actually that he didn't pull off, but uh, the physicality we were lacking up front and through Morgan, it kind of felt maybe if we'd pushed Christie up and brought Shaman or even Rogic, but probably more likely Shaman that KP game. Uh, that might have sort of changed that a little bit, but you know Lennon obviously decided to to, to 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 sort of persevere a little bit with, with what we were doing, and he seems to have a lot of faith in Morgan. And to be fair, the last few weeks he's he's uh, he's not been a he's not been bad. He's been playing in an alien position, and you've got to kind of compensate and and you know uh, legislate for that. But uh, you know it was a physicality thing for me. He's good at closing down, but. We ended up because we didn't have the out ball to him. We're playing balls up to him. He just couldn't. They were just bouncing off him, or they were bouncing off the centre halves. But I think, as you see, the, the difference being in the second half. When as soon as you put their two centre halves under any kind of pressure, you see how bad they are. And the two chances that we did get both came from, I guess, their ineptitude to a certain degree. The um the um what was I going to say um yeah I, so. I, I mean, I don't know. We got to half time, so I, I was like, "Well, thank, thank God for that." Uh, see, on Cham though, I, would you? I wouldn't trust him in a game like that because I think without the ball, if he's in the team and we and we don't have the ball, we're basically playing with ten men because I, I don't think, I, I don't think in a defensive sense, a defensive sense, he brings enough. Agree? Uh, or what would you say in that? It's, it's partly a, again. If, if we can't trust him in a game like that, he shouldn't be at the club. Well, to be perfectly well, honest, I, I, I get I get your point, but that that the the, the fact is, you know, if you're going in a cup final, any of the eighteen that are in that squad need to be able to step in and need to be trusted to play. And I think probably Lennon does trust him. I think he prefers other players in that position quite clearly. I mean, that's why Christie's on the run that he's on. Uh, but I just felt maybe in that game where where Sham does give you a bit, he shields the ball well. When he's on his game, he does offer you a bit of physicality. Yeah, if he's up for it, he's up for it. If he's not up for it, it's quite clear. But at that point, as Remy says, we were getting overrun, and you know it needed tweaked or changed in some way. And that would have been my shout. But that's that's why Lennon's manager, and I'm not. The um uh, the one thing the first half did tell me, Remy, is well, it told me two things. One, we need to. This is how they're going to play against us. This is exactly, and we need to work out a way of competing against that. Uh, I mean, I know we did it, but Ibrox, but I, you, they didn't play with as much energy as they did on Sunday. So the game coming up in a couple of weeks' time, we need to find a way to to unlock the way that they're going to set themselves up. The other I, thing, I'd agree, I'd agree. But the, the thing is, if you if you if you roll forward three weeks or yeah, three weeks to the next game, it's a totally different game if we've got our players fit. You were talking about earlier on about the gap between Morgan and our midfield. That doesn't exist if Edwards play. Yeah. It also doesn't exist if Elianusi's fit. You know, you're, 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 El is probably more likely to murder Tavernier than the other way around. You know, we might have 11 men for the whole game. So, Frimpong's already proved Kent is a back pocket job for him. And you know he'll have learned from that game on Sunday. I, I I think the next time we play them is a totally different game because we won't have three or four players. I mean Johnny Hayes is playing with a dislocated shoulder, and then I don't was it was it Aribo that done him in the, the yeah, touchline? Like, right. I mean that, that was a shocker. I think he broke a bone in his foot. So he, he's having to play the last 
20 minutes with a broken, you know, a dislocated shoulder and a broken bone in his foot because we couldn't, we had no subs and we had 10 men so nobody could go off. We, if our team's fit the next time, right. we'll gob them. Go on, you go. So sorry, I uh, sorry for interrupting. The one thing I was going to say, just kind of projecting forward, and, and I sort of go back to my last point I made before Remy spoke. There was what we didn't do, other than an isolated instance, was put their defence under any pressure. We we'll put their defence under loads of pressure at Celtic Park if our players are fit and if and if we're uh, able to get a bit more imposed in the game. But we had two chances and we scored. I think Aberdeen had three chances uh, and scored two against them last week. Their defence is mince. Their central defence, certainly. We already know, we've gone into forensic detail in the past on how bad Taverne is if you put somebody up against him in an offensive sense. Uh, Barisic, probably untested at our level, but the other three, we know are crap. So I've got absolutely no fears about playing them in three weeks' time where anything approaching a half-fit team will hammer them. They're, they're, they're a really, really bad side. And the, the point you made about you know tactical guru... He doesn't know how to do really anything. I mean, he's he's so bad. The um the so, so just to, from the first I, I I kind of I took two things at the first half. Uh, well, three the one I've just brought up. The other thing I do is Frimpong. Uh, to me, he he the kind of the knock on him. He's only played half a dozen games. Well, well, we don't know what he looks like defensively. Looks fantastic defensively. Really, really strong under pressure. Back pocket job on Ryan Kent. No question. Um, but what impressed me was he was able to still contribute. I mean, he was basically our, you know, well, he's certainly our best player in the first half. But he contributed in an attacking sense, su- such that we had. Uh, he was at the centre of most of what was good. Uh, phenomenal! What a buy that is going to be! Unbelievable! Um, I think it's three hundred grand. The only bummer is I think Man City have got thirty percent of the sell on, so that's kind of annoying. Um, the other thing, Remy, six, six games and you've sold them. I know, but it, I, I mean, what a player he is! What a you, you're. If Lowell's got two back pockets and Harry's in one, you're in the other one. All ah, right, okay, right. Well, listen, talk to me that when you're not in the boardroom, okay? Now, the other thing was, um, <laughs> the other thing uh, well, is, I mean, what it's illustrated to me was the reliance we have on Edward. I mean, it's like, what? How did that happen? And we, I mean, we're not quite a one-man team, obviously not. But my goodness, we, I mean, he is front and central to what makes us a great team. Scary or great? What do you think? It's, it's great when he's fit. And, and, and I think I don't think there's any Celtic fans and any, anybody we've had the podcast, anybody I know, has been talking for ages about how worrying it would be for us if Edward broke down or got an injury because we thought it was going to be Griffiths who was out or Bio who has, you know, Raw has been kind to him. So Lennon sprung a curveball with Morgan. Um but none of this none of the three of them are capable deputies or reliable deputies for Edward. None of them. We must have a centre forward bought by the second or the third of January. I think we've allowed ourselves to get back to the situation we were in a couple of years ago where we were looking for a reliable replacement cover for Dembele where it was, you know, Dembele, God bless him at the time, was uh, was brilliant ally Edward for us when he was fit, but there was quite a few instances where he was dropping out through kind of niggling injuries, that type of thing. And I think we, we all agreed at that point, Griffiths was a, 
an able SPL replacement but didn't take you up a level and just an S- then that's why Edward came in and then Edward raw for the first six months to you know a year and then he's turning into player like he's turning it now but uh, Bio just looks really rough you know he's injured Griffiths we you know we'll not go over that again but it's quite clear for whatever reason that we we kind of rely on him so you're suddenly in a situation where you're potentially going to have to buy a fourth striker uh, for for a team that really only plays one up front, so that's the way it needs to be. That's the way it needs to be. Um, and it's something to think about. Uh, as I say, it's almost kind of almost. It feels like it's almost crept up on us that we are so reliant. And I, I mean, it's great. It's great to have him in the team. Phenomenal pay, player, but it, it is kind of scary in a way. Uh, second half starts. Remy uh, Elianusi off. Thank God. Uh, Mikey Johnson. I wonder why he didn't play Mikey Johnson from the start. Well, he's just coming back for a long-term injury as well, yeah. so he probably wasn't fit enough to play ninety minutes. That, that, that's the pro- That's what I was saying earlier. You've got Mikey Johnson. I don't know how fit he is. Uh, El Yanusi, Hayes, Edward. You know, Ayer was definitely carrying an up for most of the game, uh, especially in the second half. Um, so we we had a lot of players that weren't fully fit, uh, and probably Lennon had to work out how many minutes he could get out of each of them. Um, you know, and Bolling Goalie was on the bench and he hasn't played for a couple of months either. So we you know we had a lot we had a the only the, the analogy the, the one I, I the only sort of when I was sort of my mind allowed to wander at half time to avoid the sh- crap they serve up as entertainment. Oh, what was, was it? it? What was it by the way? Usual people, you know oh. taking penalties and all that. Fat guys yeah, taking penalties. Yeah. I run for the halfway line or waddle for the halfway line and shoot and cheer on your team and all that nonsense. Anyway, the the only one I could think... Do you remember when O'Neill played a team full of half-fit players and they all had like, Lambert broke down after, what, 20 minutes and the one that Lovin can't score in the last minute. We had so many unfit players that day that I just thought maybe... Maybe it's a kind of, this is happening again, but that was just in my sort of thinking the worst moments. That was certainly centre half that day as well, wasn't it? Yep. And, and, uh, and dark anyway. But it, it didn't happen, but it's like you were saying there, Paul, if, we, if our team's fit, we've got a lot more of the ball, we're pinning them back, we're putting pressure on a really ropey defence, and it's a different game. Uh, well, if we're allowed to put pressure on, that's the thing. We have to we have to solve that riddle. We have to impose ourselves. I mean, guys like Forrest will need to turn up next time. I mean, he just did not have a good game at all. I've, I, uh, is, it, is it me? I, I, I don't think he ever has a good game against, uh, what's the, I don't know, what's the, Barisic? Is that the left back? We played against him twice, I think. Well, that's two shockers then. Absolutely. Well, shockers. did he not score against him? Did he not score against him last year? Oh, I can't remember. The, uh, I think his first goal against them, against them was like when Barisic was left back. I think it was. I think we, maybe, you, maybe I, it was Halliday. I don't know. I, I think we might want to swap wingers. Uh, I, I think that's something we should have done anyway. Uh, early in the game, it clearly wasn't working the way it was. You know, because I think Frimpong was providing enough of a threat down the right. Um, so if Elianusi was basically unfit, Frimpong would have done Elianusi's work. And Forrest is, was obviously better, is still, you know, better than a half-fit Elian Yussi. Because uh, Johnny Hayes isn't... Actually, I'm saying that. Johnny Hayes did all right going forward as well. Anyway... Johnny um, Hayes did fine. Yeah. 
The uh, kind of so much going on. First fifty minutes until Edward came on, were they? Again, I guess they had the upper hand. I get that right. I mean, nothing that was too. It was not nothing. I can't recall anything majorly alarming. They just they were still the better team, and that they had they looked more likely to score than we did. Did is that when Morelos had the chance that went right across the face of goal? Uh, the first, you know, the one where he kind of played it left to right and it kind of went past Forster's left. I thought that was in the first was first it? few minutes after half time, but but again, it never looked like going in. It was just it was a kind of half chance in the box and he sclaffed it across the front. But uh, you could see we'd settled a little bit. It kind of felt half time helped because it it meant you see Lennon could get some information into them and get them calm because I think they were caught in the storm a wee bit. For uh, for a chunk of that first half, the um, and of course the game changes completely for me anyway. Uh, with the substitution, I wonder why he left it so long. I guess it was just a fitness thing. Um, That's probably all he could get out of him. And and the one you've also got, he's he's obviously taken a a bit of a gamble that we're going to win the game in normal time because he probably wouldn't have got through extra time. Well, that's a thought as well, isn't it? Uh, comes on. Um, Within, oh, I don't know, a couple of minutes. What? I mean, it's just a stupid, stupid foul. I, I don't know which clogger it was. Was it got a proper goal? It was gold. It Back to Paul's point again. The guy's a donkey. And he, yeah. he's terrified, Edward. And I, I would go as far as to say, I don't think that was a stupid foul. I think that was a calculated foul. Oh, I he, think oh, he's that, trying to hurt him. They, they knew that Edward was carrying an injury. They knew he'd come into the game at the stage he'd come in. Goldson went for him. That was a shot. He was nowhere near the ball. It was an absolute shock of a challenge. And for it not to at least carry a booking. I'm not, not saying it was a red card challenge, but it was definitely a booking. And uh, and Colm shot it. The um yeah, fair point, Paul. Actually it was a it was an odd foul, wasn't it? It was just a strange one to give away. And it was it, it was one of those it was with force. So excessive I, force. I mean he, he, he thought he thought he was far enough out. He could he could yes. take him out, and, and it wouldn't be he wouldn't get penalised for it. That's what he was thinking. He wasn't realising Celtic were going to subsequently deliver the quality that they did for the set piece. He's thinking that's thirty five yards out. I'll take him out and see. We'll, we'll test his fitness here. But it was it was a yellow card. Any other game that's a yellow card. Um. Anyway, uh, thick and stupid as well as useless. So no way to go through life, uh, Connor. But there you go. You got to play with what you got. Uh, anyway, uh, Christie, I think it was Christie with the ball. Uh, yep. I, I, six or seven Celtic players offside? I, I don't know, Remy. What, well, there was at least three of them seven yards offside, according to Radio <laughs> Scotland. Um, and, and the amazing thing was, when we scored it, not one hun appealed for offside or chased. Exactly. Or chased, call him up the park. Nobody knew he was offside. Everybody thought it was a goal, perfectly valid goal. There were no complaints from anybody. McGregor was doing his usual shouting and bawling because it's never his fault. But there was no complaint about that being offside. But when I when I listened to the Radio Scotland podcast, because I knew I'd have the the bitter hidden tears of Neil McCann. Now he's wanting the linesman sacked for missing a blatant offside with three people over a yard offside. Not rubbish. Not r- rubbish. I mean, if if he's offside, he's about. Three inches offside. The, and that's uh, a marginal ball for any linesman with a ball coming in at that pace. The um, uh, yeah, the but that is the absolute killer point. Not one Rangers defender complained. 
Not one. They were all just shouting at each other, complaining at each other. Um, nice finish. Uh, oh, nice, beautiful finish. Yeah. Tremendous knee slide to follow. Um, uh, right I, down my reverse. Great. The uh, I'm not one for dredging. <laughs> Something because I don't like it when people do it to me. With like, it's quite embarrassing. Uh, going through people's uh, Twitter history, uh, but you go through. You know, I, I indulged myself for ten minutes. So I was in waiting in the car, the school car park, uh, to get the wee man. The uh, Rangers fans. If you go back to the, was it the goal again? Was it Hearts? You remember they they had about four or five guys offside. Oh no, yeah, they, yeah. Just, they just thought this was just a great laugh and ho 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 ho. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so obviously different rules apply when it's uh, when it's them. Uh, I believe the uh, I believe the uh, the saying every time it happens to us and we should just play on as it all evens out over the course of a season. Well, there you go, very good. The uh, did you think it was offside, Paul? I mean, I've seen. Oh. Uh, I hope it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 after all the, the post-match drama, I would be absolutely gutted if it was ever scientifically proven to be onside because that's going to eat away at them for you know for years. I mean, I've got friends. Uh, and I use the term loosely, who still cast up the, the throw-in at Roy Aitken in the 89 Cup final as, as an example of how we stole that cup. So, you know, God bless them. That's that's going to that's gonna last them for a generation. Um, yeah, there's a real... <coughs> I mean, it's just magnificent. Uh, well, the one thing I did learn, uh, Remy, was that uh, the hand or arm does not, uh, does not come into any offside decision. I had no idea. Well, it doesn't because you can't score with it. Uh, so it's only the uh, the head and but but in the sense that the uh, the even in a def- defensive sense I had no idea because there was all sorts of again, all these grainy photographs all blown up. I mean, who's got the time to do that? But there's it looks Ooh, like well, to be fair, I was out getting steaming, so I don't have the time <laughs> to do anything like that. Anyway, as you say, Paul, I hope it was offside. I hope it's conclusively proved. NASA has got some satellite photographs that can <laughs> c- conclusively prove it was offside. Great yeah, I finish. Think, I think what it proves is we need VAR immediately. Oh, well, if, I mean, give me peace. Uh, the, uh, it was a nice, because Julian adjusted his feet. I mean, he would have seen it late. It was a great ball, by the way. Really good delivery. A great ball, and it was Dreadful defending by the gruesome twosome in the middle. Yeah, uh, uh, and, and Barisic, all every single one of them got under it. It was a great ball, hit a great pace, and uh, a lovely side foot finish. Which on the have you seen the Rangers TV commentary? I have I mean, it's always a must. It's always a must when we uh, beat them, as you know. But uh, Tom Miller described it as a glancing header. I think it was. <laughs> <into the net. laughs> Guys, fucking six feet seven. How, how can he glance? <laughs> <laughs> Paul Elliott's head of the League Cup final about 30 years ago. Oh, <laughs> but as I say, he would have seen that ball late and he adjusted his feet very nicely and uh, and uh, Fraser Foster would have saved it, obviously. Point, well, shot from three yards out. Big big Fraser would have got his hands to it. <laughs> Put it over the bar. Uh, 1-0. I, I, oh, it's just, just funny. I, as I say, I think I mentioned this before. I watch these games... You know, I've got it on the screen and then but you've also got because the stream is always like you know, thirty thirty seconds behind. So the the Google phone updates it goes to one that's <laughs> like I just couldn't believe that. I was so excited. Waiting I had thirty seconds to wait for the goal to come. Oh my goodness. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. I thoroughly recommend it. An, an absolute explosion of joy. Uh, the noise was unbelievable. 
uh, particularly you know with them scoring at our end and against the run of play and and I think any worry or nerves are are away because you know Edward's on he's he's already done them and she start to really think well we could maybe win this with two or three now when they if they have to open up and chase the game. The uh, and of course uh, game goes straight up the other end. Uh, apparently won it. I mean, well, I mean it wasn't exactly done with force, but you give the guy the chance to dive, he's going to take it. Obviously, I loved it. I loved the guy's tweet that Celtic were appealing it, the decision because it was Morelos and it wasn't a goal scoring opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> that was thrilling, wasn't it? <laughs> I couldn't understand the double jeopardy. I thought the double jeopardy thing, but it shows how, much, how little I know about the rules. No, it's, it's only if you if yes. you attempt to play the ball, yeah. it's a yell. But he, he got to be fair. I mean, he got to be fair to call him. He didn't attempt to play the ball. He pulled him back. Yeah. It was a penalty. But and what, a red. Well, it was, there was a delay between the penalty award and the, and the red. You know, I wonder if somebody was in his ear saying, "Hang on a minute, you got you got to remember, you got to send him off." Well, I don't know whether he made it. It was if he was thinking about it, and it wasn't a sort of emotional. I've been waiting to brandish a red all day. He got it right. I mean, I, much as I can't stand him, he get he got that one. He got them both right there. The uh, now I'm going through uh, my favourite uh, Hamden videos, Celtic Rangers. Obviously, I, I might have not been. Uh, well, the Martin. I don't know if it was against us. The the Waghorn video with the Benny Hill tune. Remember that one? <laughs> that that was that was formerly my favourite video from Hampton, but replaced yesterday by the boy in the Rangers end, who's got it, and they're all sort of cheering, and he's and he's got the video camera, he got the, the phone out videoing the penalty kick, and uh, there's a boy right in front of him who's not facing the pitch. He can't stand yep. to watch, and then the, the penalty's taken. And all you hear is, "Oh no!" <laughs> Fantastic. But but have you seen the other one? The, the, the one for the there's one for the south stand that's it's as equally so it's it's a wee bit longer and you get them well first there's a, there's the the, the tell when Frimpong's going off there's some shout about a tatty picking me so and so so you know the usual wee sectarian comment coming in there but then they start cheering when Morelos gets the ball when Tavernier hands it over because obviously they're all excited that Morelos is going to score his first goal and then they miss it. And you just hear this one go, oh, stupid Rangers, why? This point of, <laughs> point of cry, this kind of existential angst. See the why question I'd ask is, why the hell did he upload these on his social media? <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. What was it? I thought about that this morning. Here, uh, the one thing I want quickly, Jared uh, came out and after and said, oh, Morales is on the pens. I'm not having that. Because I no, think no. Ta- Tavernier grabbed the ball, and he obviously, uh, you know, Morelos, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. If 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 if, if Morelos was taking that penalty, why was Tavernier standing there for 10, 15 seconds yeah. with the ball in his hand? Yeah, he was taking that. He totally. thought he was taking that, and yeah. he's either bottled I, I, it I, I, or he's been told to pass it over. Cover, try to cover his arse um, uh, and make it look as if Tavernier's not a bottle merchant to add to his abilities as a football player. Aye, and, and it's also Gerard trying to show that he's in charge. He's trying to say, oh, I made the decision. And he didn't make it. That decision was made on the park and probably against his will, and he's trying to cover it up. Anyway, uh, the, uh, after that, I mean, we were, we were very, very comfortable. Um, 
in fact. Can uh, we just say again, just for those who don't remember the game, he did miss it and Fraser saved it. That's it was a rubbish penalty, wasn't it? I mean, oh, it was hilariously bad. It's, but but it's one of those ones. Those penalties. I mean, I know that I've taken plenty on myself. The uh, halfway between where the goalie's standing and the post at you know waist height. I mean, it's the absolute worst penalty you can take. I mean, it's, yeah. But Radio, Radio Scotland also said that the penalty should have been retaken. Oh, that's right. Well, I mean, uh, according to the pundits, they, they would have given him as many shots as he wanted until he scored. Aye. So, uh, so brilliant. I uh, oh, I, I, well, I'm not. We don't have time, but uh, obviously, I think there was another three or four penalties they should have had. Uh, I, I must have missed them, but, uh, but I wish there had been penalties. Uh, I should. The big thing was, as you said, Mikey Johnson should have should have buried totally. the game. Totally. I mean, I, I don't. I think it might have bobbled. I, he did. I'm going to try. And, it, it bobbled because, as we said, the other pitch was the shambles. Oh no! I but thought. You, I thought you said just, he. I thought you said he bottled it. I, I, he did. I mean, it was a for a guy with his touch. He took one. He oh, he totally. Yeah, I think it was his second touch was really poor. Yeah, it went on to his. Uh, it went on his right foot, and he took a poor touch, and then he tried to hook it. What he should have, I mean, of course, easy for me to say, uh, he should have just lobbed McGregor. That would have been fantastic. Because McGregor dribbled was... round him, dribbled round him, stopped the ball in a line, bent down and did a glance. Oh. <laughs> well, see, if I'd been a Rangers player, I would have just continued running back and just booted his head off. I mean, that's that's cheeky. I mean, I'm sorry. You can... but, but, but to be fair, they would, have, they would have given us the ball back when it went out of play. Oh, sorry, they wouldn't. Oh, fantastic! The uh, and it was you know, Johnson. I mean, again, looking at back at the game this morning, they they had. Do you know what I think? Overall, they had. Mar- Mar- I don't know how many chances he had. I mean, he had a few chances in, in quotation marks, but I think he had one guilt edge chance he should have buried. I. Um. Well, not that. Oh, there was, I can't even remember now, but I remember thinking, well, that was one stonewall chance he should have buried. But even at that, uh, even at that, was it the equal of Johnson's chance? I, I don't think so. Of all the no, chances, no. of all the chances missed, Johnson's was the worst slash yep. best. Absolutely. Um, Paul, the last uh, twenty minutes, we comfy there. Did you have the slippers out? Yeah. I- I, I didn't. I thought the way the defence was playing, uh, we were we were going to be fine. I think the one thing was because we were finding it difficult to break out. Other than when we, we managed a couple of times to hit them on the break, but uh, you're always just worried with the balls going into the box the way they were going in. Something could have happened. Another penalty could have given given away anything like that. But generally speaking, the defence and the, the the defensive side of what the midfield guys were doing. Was fantastic, you know. They, they were obviously confident because Fraser was having the game he was having. But you know, Remy mentioned at the start, you know, Julian and I hadn't started particularly well, but they were winning everything by that point. The, the you know, we we kind of tightened up a wee bit in the middle of the park considerably, rather than a wee bit, I should say. And Brown and McGregor by the end were, you know, relatively comfortable in that position. And yeah, I, I didn't feel we were going to lose it. They had. They were always going to get chances. You'll get that in a tight game like that. They were always going to get chances. The only thing that, that worried me was them getting another penalty and, and Manelis no taking it. But that, <laughs> uh, that, that that didn't happen. And you know, he, he could have genuinely he could have played all day. I mean, it was the the, the, the memes and the, the videos that have been kicking about for the last couple of days of his performance will 
quite honestly live with me forever. They're just it's been a wonderful couple of days to to, to observe what a game that boy had. The uh Six minutes added time, Rem. I was, I thought that was, but do you know what? But it was six minutes. But you know, if you felt under any massive pressure, uh, you would have bitten your nails off. You would have bitten your fingers off. But uh, I mean, the six minutes went quickly. Usually, when you're massively under so. pressure, oh, I thought they did. I oh, I did. I put the stopwatch on, uh, I, and uh, because I, I just had a wee sneaky, we'd run it to seven, but, um, and he did run it to seven, but he had taken Foster. Went down pretending he was injured. Ah, that's right. Oh, well, he's pretending he had cramp. That gives him the gives him the opportunity to add on more time. Um, but they, they didn't make a chance in those six minutes. And as Paul said, we defended really really well. And I'll, I'll include Beaton in that. Uh, he he played pretty well when he came on, and the midfield ran their legs off um, to to cover everything. Um, and Brown was in full gallus mode for the, for the last 10 minutes because I think he realised they weren't going to score and that him and McGregor had started to get a grip in the game because because they had surrendered for midfield um, in a bid to get old man Defoe on and, uh, and he, you know, yeah. he, I mean, he's as much a threat as I am. He's, he's done. And, I mean, they've, they've just added insult to injury by giving him another year's contract. So, uh you know they've given a year's contract today to him, Davis, and McGregor. So there must be there must be a remake of Last of the Summer Wine coming or something. <laughs> <laughs> so final whistle goes. Uh, actually, did they leave? Did many of them leave before the final whistle? Oh, was it? It's hard to tell. <laughs> oh, it was a fantastic. You know, it's the old. If you're in England, if you're in a, in the Premier League, you start singing that. Is there a fire drill song? Um, oh, they were just streaming out. It was, and they were all vomiting, and, and I'm including in the posh seats. So you're sitting saying they're going to get their because the Celtic players didn't shake hands with any of them. They just came belting straight down the Celtic end and started celebrating. You know what I they noticed that? Yeah, completely ignored them and went went tonto down with, with their own fans, and some of them went off. And, you know, because they haven't played in a cup final before, they didn't realise they have to go up and get a runners-up medal. So they all had to come back out. So by the time they came back out and went up the stairs to some rather sarcastic applause, I think there was only maybe one hun left in the stadium and that was Wally Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was... Uh, no, but I was... Uh, so... Give me a percentage by the last couple of minutes. Percentage left in the stadium. I think that by, by about, I think they were all they were all hanging up the back. You know, at the, yeah. the exit, just in case they scored. But as soon as the whistle went, you because know, we had the ball, you know, and, and you knew it was up at seven minutes. You know, they knew it was over, and they just poof, and when the final whistle got, it's amazing when you see. You try and get out of Celtic Park after a game, it takes forever. Hamden, because it's so shallow, boom, they're away. It was empty in minutes and it was hilarious just watching them all trudging out. And then you see Jack and all them bursting into tears. Of just, oh, absolutely magnificent. Just, you just, you know, you, you just know it's like, oh, we played really well and should have won. And, uh, oh, well, unfortunately, you didn't. So, uh, it was just, 
the celebrations were absolutely mental because I think we, I think that's another one where we break them. You know, we've broken a few sides this year. The only team that we've beaten that I'll be having broken is Lazio. Um, but, you know, the, the, the thing we were all talking about before the game is that Lazio are the best side we've played this season. We are the best side the Huns have played. Mm. And they, although they had the territory and they had the shots, we still had the resilience and the organisation and the ability to uh, to see it. Because we've won things before and they haven't. That, but that, that, all that, none of that stuff counts, Remy. That, none of that stuff counts. Uh, resilience and uh, will to win and all that—that that doesn't count on this on this occasion. Um, we. Uh, well, it's just luck then, eh? Aye. Oh, aye. That, that's all it's about. I mean, we played them twice. I mean, when it, the long and short of it, we played them twice this year. Paul beat them twice. Thanks very much. Aye. Away and, uh, and they haven't they haven't scored a goal either. That's aye. it. Go on, Paul. I saw you. Just for you, Remy's comment about breaking them was that that's sort of where I am with it. I I made a comment on Twitter yesterday again, one for the kids here, but it made me think of 1990 where we had those two dreadful cup finals against I think it was Aberdeen, the penalties won, then uh, Rangers beat us a few months later in the League Cup final of the following season, and again that was another game we should have had out of sight and lost it two one. The one Big Elliot scored the the diving header with six inches off the ground, but we, we didn't get to another cup final for four years after that. And it, it kind of felt like it was a dying it was a dying team. It was a centenary team and it was McNeil's kinda of the dying embers of McNeil's reign. But we 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 didn't come back for that and it kinda of had that feel about it. They they've got a very, very hard month ahead of them. I know we'll kinda of jump ahead a bit, but you could probably see this being a defining month for the season if if if, if things don't go their their way before they play us at the end of the month. We we could actually just pull away now. I, I think that's it's going to give us a boost and it's it's an almighty kick in the balls for them. And God, it's funny. The um, <laughs> actually a Rangers fan of my acquaintance uh, just before the game was saying, and this, I, I've heard it so many times from uh, guys involved in the game at a good level. You know, the team that needs to win a game usually does, right? More often than not. And this, this Rangers friend, pal of mine, was saying that, you know, it's okay, you know, you're good and all that, but we need we need to win this game, you, you know, and yet they needed, to, their kind of motivation was probably stronger. You know, in, this, in this, any sense, if you can add anything to 100%, which you can't, you know, but you're in a theory, theoretical sense. So they, they really needed to win that game. And we wanted to win it, and I'm sure we kind of needed it, but, you know, not to the same degree. And that is, I mean, the psychological blow of that is just, I mean, it's got to be huge. Who have they got on Sunday, Paul? I don't or, or, No, they've got this uh, game. They've got the game on Thursday. Then uh, they've got Motherwell away. They've got Motherwell away, and then the following Friday, they're at Easter Road. And then I think they play Kilmarnock on Boxing Day at home, then us at Celtic Park. We've got one extra game because uh, the way the uh, unbiased fixture computer has worked out the fixtures. But we've got to play an extra game in December. We've got three games in a week next week. Uh, they've got two. But uh, I think, confidently predicting ahead here, because I know we're not finished talking about Sunday, but I think they'll lose one of their away games, at least one of their away games, and then we'll batter them. So... Given that we've got a you know potential three point boost for playing an extra game, we could be eight or eleven points ahead of them by the winter break, which is going to kill them. 
I haven't got. I haven't looked at the fixture list. We obviously got the game on Thursday. Oh, actually, um, I'll come on to that in a minute. We'll pick a team for Thursday. I was going to have uh, Remy in goal. No, Harry Brady in goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remy. Oh, you know uh, what? You know what? The thing is, we should all play, right? We can lose thirty-seven nothing, and UEFA will make it only a three-nil defeat because of the ineligible players. Well, that's true. The um, so uh, as you say, Paul, the uh, all the memes and all that, and all the Twitter, Twitter crap, and it's be uh, that's I mean, just adds to the enjoyment of the whole thing. I, I think the best way my my approach to this stuff is just to laugh at them because they're absolutely raging, and uh, it's just if you laugh at them, it, make, it gets them even madder. So uh, I, I quite enjoy that. I love what the best thing to do is agree with them and say, I thought you were really unlucky. <laughs> Because they'd come up to you going, "Yo, Jamie bastard!" You, ah, you're, you're right, mate. We, but I don't know. I don't know how we won that game. That's them completely gubbed because their second brain cell can't cope with it. Yeah. So they just just don't know what to do. They're expecting an argument, they don't get it, and you just got like, TV. But, you know. Anyway, your goal was offside. Aye, it was. I, I know. <laughs> I can't believe how the ref never got that. Here, uh, Catholic bloody school teacher, brutal. The um uh, right, we've already been on this for an hour, uh, and we've got to kind of wrap it up soon. Uh, so the only just uh, post game, uh, Paul, I don't know about you, but my my uh, I got a text at some point in the proceedings, a photograph of uh, of uh, Fraser Foster with a big Celtic star. Did you get the same? Did you get the same I, picture? Well, I don't know. My my one was Fraser Foster with what appeared to be Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was the same one. Where were you, Remy? Are you allowed I, to say? I, I don't know if I should. Because all right, it's okay. I was in a, I was in a, a Glasgow hostelry. That's all, right. all I'll say. I think I'll know. Uh, I, I think some, some of the players, some of the players drink in there sometimes. You, right. you, you uh, only singing with Scott Brown, were you? Oh, no, bad. I, I wouldn't have minded being. Um, right. but, I, I don't know if you. I know you've been travelling there. I don't know if you've seen that one. I've heard, a, I've heard about it. Per, per, purported video of, of Scott Brown doing his shaking Stevens impersonation, which is which is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And to the point, to, chance. to the point, aye, to the point where they're outraged about a Celtic captain doing that. I'd be outraged if we had a Celtic captain who didn't do that. So <laughs> the um, uh, uh, I saw a good night in there, and, and to be honest, Big Fraser was delighted to meet me. <laughs> <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm not, I don't want you to tell, tell any tales out of school, but were they all there, or just a few, or was uh, the manager there? Was there? Manager wasn't there, no. Um, Change man? There was, like, there was uh, I think he's barbed for that pub. Um, <laughs> there was, uh, <laughs> there was uh, sorry, sorry Neil if you're listening, uh, oh, yeah. there was, um, there was like, there was quite a few in, there was a lot, actually there was quite a lot of them in. Um, and they all seem to be having a good time. And uh, it was only when I saw some of them I realised how. I mean, Hayes had a, a moon boot on, obviously really? because of his, uh, you know, and he could hardly move his left arm. He, 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 I mean, if you consider the, the trouble his body was in for him to get through that ninety minutes was was fantastic. I mean, I know he's not the best player, but he, he tries. He tries like buggery, and he gives a hundred percent. And he, and he must have played through some severe pain to get through that game. Um, and it was, you know, it was only when you see the guy in the moon book, you realise how bad it was. But uh, aye, there was a few of them in. Uh, they were all, I think it's fair to say, they were all very, very happy. 
The uh, so I sent the uh, picture on uh, to you know who. I'm saying your boy's going off the rails, hanging out with some very bad people. And you get the response. It's the beginning of the end. Not a not a bad game to retire on, though. So there you go. Well, I I, I did see. I mean, I I think uh, I said to Fraser, I could probably take him to the next level instead of that diddy's button. <laughs> what a job! What a job! Stevie Woods has done with Fraser. For, I mean, no. Well, if you think if you think he he he, he rebuilt Craig Gordon right, to to a reasonable standard, and he's. He's turned a, a goalie who was on the scrap heap into an absolute... He's gotten back to probably better than he was the first time round. And, you know, he can't kick the ball like Becker or uh, um, the, the boy... At, I, can't, I can't remember his name, the boy at Man City, but Jesus, he's a... He's, he, I don't, I don't, I'd much rather see a goalie save shots than create attacks by being a sweeper-keeper. He's, he's a phenomenal shot-stopper. Um, I think it's Emerson at Man City, isn't it? Is that the goal here? Man City? Emerson, that's it, yeah. The, um, the, that's 19 medals, Stevie Woods. I read that on Twitter this week. 19 medals Stevie Woods has won. Uh, and the Celtic coaching staff, uh, every one of them earned. What a, the only thing is he's cost us 25 million. Thanks, Stevie. I mean, that's what, what would it take to buy Fraser Foster back? Come well, on. I hope we, I, I've got to be honest, we, I've, I've, a few weeks ago, it was if Southampton were going to get relegated, and you were looking at a fire sale. But unfortunately, the, the team have turned it around a little bit. But he's not going back. They don't want him back, so they want him off the wage bill. And I, and I, you know, I don't think he's going to be too difficult to deal with. I just it's the price we need to pay. And uh, you know, Harry will need to tell Wall what he's worth and what the amortisation will be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um... Phenomenal stuff, um, and I'm glad you had a good night out, Rem. Tremendous uh, night out. I was out with my pals. Um, we had a we had a brilliant night. It was just every what ten minutes in here, he's shaking Stevens, as Paul said. They left just seemed to appear. <laughs> everybody was singing it. Absolutely everybody. It was uh, it was brilliant. Um, so that's uh, first leg of the quadruple treble. We've got to lose one of these eventually, Paul, haven't we? I, I think you know what yeah. I think. I think it's going to come against the closest. I think we've come is uh, within six minutes of going to penalties against Dunfermline. That was uh, that, that's how it's going to happen. I think something like that. Listen, it'll happen at some point. It's it's inevitable. Low averages and all that, but you, you know, I think what what would be that you know, I, I'm hoping we win all. Oh, everything this season, Europa League is going to be difficult, as we said earlier. Scottish Cup depends on draw, depends on refereeing. But I think that <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging on to the, the, the kind of hilarious possibility that even if we did lose it, I still think Rangers wouldn't win it. And and that, to me, it's almost like I'd, I'd quite happily let anybody else in Scottish football win it because just to add another one to that list of people, the teams that have won since they last won a trophy would just be marvellous. I mean, Ross County, Inverness, you know, Kilmarnock, St. Murray, Hearts and Hibs, just to, Hibs, yeah. Aberdeen, to, to add another one to that list, you know, you know, Strandraar, Brooksburn Athletic, I don't I don't really care, or I'd like it to be Brooksburn to be fair for, for obvious reasons, but uh, it would just be nice to see another name. If we don't lose it, it would be nice to see a new name go in the cup. 
And to be fair, them going on it would be a new name, but that's that's another issue. <laughs> <another two. laughs> There are so, enough space for the Rangers. I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, we should really. Uh, that's been just been seventy minutes. Uh, quickly, uh, game on Thursday. As I say, I've already I've already given away the joke. Uh, Harry Brady in goal. Me and Remy centre halves. Paul, what do you fancy? Right back or left back? Uh, no, I'll, I'll I'll play up front. I still reckon I'd be made a presence in Lewis Morgan, but um, <laughs> I, I'll take sincere- a few bodies and rumble them up. <laughs> I, I, I sincerely hope that they send a reserve team I think we talked about it the last time uh, A to save some legs and B to make sure Lazio will get knocked out because I yep. wouldn't you know uh, I wouldn't want to meet them in a later round because I'm not you know if they keep on playing I think they're second they, oh, oh they beat the Juventus at the weekend 3-1 beat the Juventus yeah and they missed a penalty I think as well um, so, Morelos Morelos missed the penalty on Saturday as well I am <laughs> The uh, the um, so that's Thursday again. I haven't got the fixture list in front of me. Who, who have we got on Sunday? Uh, who Hibs at Celtic Park. Then the Wednesday we'll get Hearts away. I know that. Yeah. And then, then we'll get Aberdeen at home. Then St Mirren away, and then the Man came up to finish off the year. Do uh, any of those games hold any? Few? I mean, I would. You well, Remy, you're the Hibs fan. Uh, are they looking any good since oh, Jack Ross I'm came afraid, in? I think I think it's your. New, your new half and half scarf, isn't it? Because Super Jack Ross is there. Uh, uh, no fear for them. Um, Hearts, new manager, um, who you know actually beat Jack Ross in English Division Three, so he'll be brilliant. Uh, I'm not worried about Hearts. Uh, Aberdeen, they're crap. Um, so I'd expect us to win all the league games up to the, the game at the 29th and on Thursday. I'd love not to lose, but I'm not really that bothered. Oh, it's one of those games. I don't think I'll even watch it. I'll find something better to do. I, I I'm going to watch it, but I want, I want us, I want us to play. I mean, obviously Brown's not going to go, but you know, Edward McGregor. I mean, he's already said Gordon's going to be in goals. But these are again. Bauer should be playing. Beaton, uh, Rogic, Colin Goalie if he's fit enough for a game. Uh, you know. Aye, Rogic and Cham. We can still get a decent team out. Griffiths yeah. can start. Morgan uh, Morgan, and Mikey Johnson can get a run out. But, you know, you leave behind the big, the big hitters and give them a rest. So Because some, some of them deserve it. I'm going to go uh, Forster, uh, Bauer, uh, Beaton. Gordon. Uh, sorry, Gordon. Uh, Gordon, yeah. Gordon, Bauer, Beaton, maybe Elhamad. Is Elhamad still miles away? Um, He's not fit Ball and go to the left back, midfield of oh, and Cham. Who else? I'm trying to think. Rogic. Rogic and A another up front. Griffiths, you're right, Morgan on the left. Maybe give Scott Sinclair a game. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Mikey Johnson just to get some something in his legs. Uh, but that's about that's about it. Um Frimpong's oh, he's well he we can get him after the yep. after the we'll qualifying. Into the, yeah. into the last 32 so a lot of Sunday's team will not travel well, and will so. up this week uh, because that was a so, it was a hard shift yeah it was a hard shift but taking Paul's point about us having an extra league game we can we can compensate for that by having Thursday as a reserve game and rest our players up um, 
Yeah. Whereas they'll have to they'll have to go out with their full team again on Thursday and again on Sunday. And I don't know if they've got that they've got the depth of squad to do that. You're by the way, Benfica are have dropped down. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just sorry, I'm looking I'm looking here at the Champions League results uh, from tonight. Uh Leon came back from two 0 against Leipzig. Here, um so we picked a team. Uh, what about a team for Sunday, uh, Paul? You can go give us a pick us a team for Sunday and give us a score prediction. Uh, Sunday, I think we'll first off, uh, from uh, Julian Ayer and probably Taylor uh, Brown McGregor. Uh, I think it'll be Forrest Johnson on the left, Christie in the middle, and. I guess the question's Edward's fitness. Uh, if it's, it'll either be Edward or Morgan. Are you think he'd play Morgan again? No, no. Well, if Giffis has a game. He's done okay in the league games. You know, to be fair, he's 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 he's, he's done okay, and he, he did okay against Ren. He he was kind of muscled out here on Sunday, as we've talked about. But uh, I'd I'd prefer Edward to be fit. But it's quite clear, I think, that it's not going to be Griffiths at the moment. Um, maybe Bio. If Griffiths plays on Thursday, he'll definitely not play on Sunday. Uh, maybe Bayo come and do a shift. Um, anyway, uh, that's probably enough. But uh, that's uh, Jesus Christ. We've been going for it. Well, it's a bit like the uh, added six minutes on Sunday. It's gone very, very quickly. Uh, Paul, has has Morello scored yet? Though he hasn't he scored yet. By the way, what? Well, he's well. They can't sell him, and uh, they, they they just can't sell him, and because uh, they are they are a one man team. Don't um, buy him. Only buy him at the money they. Oh well, that that's the thing though, isn't, isn't it? You know, but he's a, obviously a decent player. What, what would you pay, Paul? What would you pay for Alfredo Morelos? Seriously. Uh, what as a footballer or is well, it? Yeah, is, if, you're, some, if you're running some, some form of entertainment to well, have in my back garden. If you're apparently okay. Crystal Palace are in check, so what would you go to if you were Mister Crystal Palace? Uh Jesus, I, I, he's. I mean, it's probably unfair comparing them in English money terms. In English money terms, he's you know nobody's worth what they're in, but he's certainly he's he's about thirty percent of what Edward's worth. Yeah. So whatever gonna... Edward would go for, he'd go about for about a third of it. Um, again, I think that buries that finally. Let's not have no more. Well, we never entertained the kind of chat, but the who's better chat? I think I think we can all uh, put that one to bed. Uh, after Sunday, a half for Edward comes on and changes the game. And Morelos, as you say, Rem, he's probably still there. Somebody said, "Yeah, you know, a, only... a fully fit, a fully fit Morelos was on for ninety minutes and yeah. changed the game." Aye, that's true. Somebody I read today, somebody said this is really bad. Celtic should let him in on it on a day when there's nobody at the stadium, so he can kick the ball in the net. Celtic Park. Uh, that's probably <laughs> the only way. He's Danny McGrain could be throwing the ball to him. <laughs> Amido Baldi. There you go. Oh, that's right. <laughs> anyway, right, Paul, uh, good to talk to you, pal. Talk to you again soon. Thanks, Lawrence. Thanks, Renny. Good to speak to you guys. Be well, guys.